0: The next section we're going to hear from is from the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. And this is just at the end of creation. God had created everything else besides humans and then he created humans on the sixth day. And now he's going to tell us how humans and the rest of creation work together. Genesis 1 verses 28 through 31. God blessed them. This is humankind. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is God's word. So the sixth day was the end. It was the end of creation. Everything had been made. God made it all. Um, and, And like we said earlier, it is all his. Because God's the creator. God is the author of everything in the world, so everything belongs to him. Kind of like this. The characters, like Frodo and Gandalf and Aragorn, and they're in Lord of the Rings, and the settings in that story, like Mordor and Gondor, the characters and the settings, all the places, we would say they belong to the author, J.R.R. Tolkien. Or the characters Romeo and Juliet. Who do they belong to? Well, who created them? Shakespeare. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, they they don't belong to you, they belong to Shakespeare. So, So Shakespeare can make them and he can design that whole world however he wants. In the same way, God is the author of the universe. He created it all. All the characters, like you and me, all the people, and everything else in it, all the settings, all the places, he created it. So it's all his. So where does that leave us, the characters? What's our place? Well, God tells us. He tells us a a number of things here. First of all, he says to humans, be fruitful and increase in number. Now, we could talk about this, but today is all about humanity and creation, and this is just about humanity and humanity, so we're not gonna talk about it. But this is one of the things God instructs humans to do. Next, he says, fill the earth. You heard me read that. He says to humans, fill the earth. That just means that the whole earth is for us. There's no part of it that we cannot go to. And there's parts that we can't go to because we've decided it's too dangerous or things like that. But there's no part of the world that's off limits to us. He says, fill the earth. Then next, he says, subdue it. This one is a little more difficult because there's kind of a violent connotation with the word subdue, and especially in Hebrew. It can mean to press down on something really hard, to violently, forcefully hold it down. And that sounds like it would be an abusive thing. And sadly, it can be if we subdue something in the wrong way. But you can also subdue something very lovingly, like a baby. If a baby has created a mess by itself, and you need to change its diaper, the baby might squirm around, the baby might try to kick you, it might try to roll away, and you have to subdue the child in order to help it so it's not living in its own mess. But don't subdue it with anger or frustration, or don't subdue it um, with, with a bad attitude towards it. Don't do it violently subdue it with love. And so when God says, subdue the earth, it means, yeah, forcefully press it down. And and the word subdue also, it has the picture that, that the world is not always gonna make it easy on you. The earth is not gonna make it easy. Like if you know any farmers, it's not easy to do that. Or if you garden, things don't always work out and those are just tiny examples. But in general, the world is gonna push back, so to speak. But God says, subdue it, but not with violence, not with malice or hatred, subdue it with love. What does he say next? He says rule over every living creature. The word rule just means to have dominion or have authority over. And he doesn't say all of creation rules over humans, he says all of humanity rules over all the rest of creation. In other words, God created the rest of creation for you who he calls the crown, the height of his creation. There is a Bible commentator who said this. He said, the earth and its creatures have no purposes or destinies of their own, but are to serve the needs of humans and the purposes and goals set for humankind. Rule over every living creature. And then one of the last things God says is, I give you. And this is what we talked about with the kids. He says, I give you. This means that everything is a gift from God. He loves you and wants to provide for you. And so everything out there in the world and everything you have, it is a gift from him. What what does he give? Every seed-bearing plant for food and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. Now, what does this mean? This is kind of a sidebar, but it's interesting. Were originally humans vegetarians or could we eat meat? The answer is, well, in Genesis 1, God says, I give you every seed-bearing plant and every tree for food. And then we read it a little bit ago, in Genesis 9, after the flood, God says, and now I give you every animal for food as well. Now, different commentators will say different things, and we could talk a lot longer. We don't exactly know how the people between Adam and Noah ate exactly, but the point is, in all times and in all places, God sees that his creation, humankind, needs sustenance. And so what does he do? He provides for us by causing us to be dependent on the rest of creation for that sustenance, for that food. And finally, to sum this all up, God says, I'm the owner. You're the managers. So when he says, rule the earth, rule not with an iron fist, but rule benevolently, rule out of kindness, subdue the earth, subdue it with love. Eat plants and animals for food? Yeah, eat and consume with thankfulness to God in your hearts. Um, Use all the resources and everything else in the world? Yeah, use them wisely. Use them as good managers of what God has given you. God is the owner. He is the creator. We are the managers. There's only one author. Now, a different commentator, he said this. Human beings were to subdue the earth and rule over its other creatures. All the earth's powers and resources, physical, chemical, electrical, and atomic, were placed under their jurisdiction. This dominion, this rule, has not been withdrawn from man after we plunged into sin. He says, but humankind's role is still to rule over creation, but sinful depravity now causes mankind to abuse and misuse and exploit this God-given dominion. In other words, we mess things up. Now speaking generally, there's two extremes of this um, in our world, and not everyone. Most people are in the middle, but there's two extremes. There's people who say, well, when it comes to creation, we can't do anything. We can't do anything to help it or fix it. It's out of our control, so just do whatever you want. And then there's the other extreme in which some people say, no, it's completely and totally up to us to fix everything in the world and we can. And so you have to follow these exact rules. Two extremes. Where is God? Because that's what matters, right? He's in the middle. He says in Romans chapter 1, I believe, he says, um, he says in Romans chapter 8, actually, that the earth is in bondage to decay and one day it's going to cease to exist. The earth is in bondage to decay. One, one day it's gonna to cease to exist no matter what we do. And at the same time, he says, take care, take good care, be a wonderful manager of everything I have given to you, which includes creation. Now, I'm gonna pretend that we exist in a vacuum and this is dangerous because we don't exist in a vacuum, but pretend for about the next five or ten minutes that we do. Okay? And forget everything you've ever heard outside of these walls, outside of the Bible. Like forget everything that you've heard on TV or from the Internet or wherever you get your news. Forget everything you've ever heard out there because what we're just talking about is what God says to us in the Bible. Okay? So forget everything else. And just think of the Bible And listen to this. Uh, A different commentator, he, he threw out the phrase, a Christian environmentalist. He says, what do you think about that phrase, a Christian environmentalist? Remember, forget everything out there. And he said that phrase is redundant because a Christian is an environmentalist, meaning this. The Christian is concerned about the environment because, and the concern centers on the attitudes of a responsible steward. The concern is the attitude of a responsible manager. I'll say it again. Forget everything you ever hear in the news or from um, political leaders. A Christian is an environmentalist, meaning we care about God's environment, God's creation, because he created it and he gave it to us. And then the question to follow is, am I a perfectly responsible manager of everything God's given me? No. No, I'm not. And dare I say it to you, no, you're not either. Like, no matter how much you do, you're not. And, and maybe there's two reasons, I think, for why I personally am not as good of a manager of everything God's given me, including, including his creation. Number one, selfishness. Because, frankly, it's a lot easier to take care of myself than it is to take care of his creation, which includes people and everything else that we sometimes call nature. And number two um, is apathy. Like, I don't care. Everyone in in our country, at least, knows the phrase good Samaritan. What's a good Samaritan? Someone who does a good thing to help someone else, usually in just a really praiseworthy way. Um, But the background of the Good Samaritan in the Bible, the Good Samaritan wouldn't have had to do anything except for the guys who went before him and had apathy. They didn't care that there was a guy on the side of the road dying, so they walked right on by. And then the Good Samaritan came along and he cared. Um, So sometimes, when it comes to looking at people, but today we're talking about humans and creation, so I might have apathy about it, and I might just not do anything. The question, remember, we're existing in a vacuum here, just with us and God. And the question for each of us to ask ourselves individually is, how am I doing at managing God's creation, which includes everything out there in the world? The answer is not perfectly. The good news, though, is this. God intervened. God saw me, he saw you. He saw that we couldn't fix everything, we couldn't fix the world. And remember like we heard in 2 uh, Peter earlier today? One day, no matter what we do, the world is gonna be destroyed and God is gonna create a new heaven and a new earth. And this is something that we can look forward to. God came down, he intervened, he, he saw that we couldn't fix it, we couldn't save ourselves, and so he came down to save us. Jesus Christ, came into nature, into creation, which, by nature, we destroy. And he came. And even though he had created everything, he became subject. He he was willing to be subdued by everything, even death, to take away every last ounce of our guilt. All of of your guilt, all of mine, it's not in a garbage heap. It's not piled up there in the corner waiting to to fall back into our lives or waiting to be carried out back. All of our guilt has been totally taken away. It's disappeared. It's disintegrated. It was burned in the fire of Jesus' blood when he died on the cross. Jesus, even though he created everything, he came into the world to save us out of everything wrong with us and everything wrong with the world. So, what can we do? I, in part of your individual questioning of yourself and how can I be a great manager of God's creation, here's one application, one simple thing. This week, anytime you enter or exit a building, if you're driving there and then you go into a building or you, or you come out, on your way in and on your way out, and this sounds so simple. Look for one piece of trash and pick it up, even if you have to go out of your way. Just do that. And doing quick math, if there's 100 of us here today, this week that means 1,400 pieces of trash get picked up. If you go in and out of one building a day, that's a lot. That's a lot. Why? Why do this? Is it because someone made a bunch of rules and says, you have to do this, you're going to go to jail or something like that. No, no. It's simply out of love and thanks for the creation that God has given you. Um, Do it because that's what a good manager of God's creation does. And even by doing something, it's the simplest thing to pick something up off the ground and put it in the garbage. But what's going to happen because of that? Well, an animal won't eat it. Um, Secondly, the sun will shine on whatever part of creation it was covering. Thirdly, the rain, it will flow freely over whatever the piece of garbage was covering up. Fourthly, and this sounds so trivial, but just wait for it. No one will have to look at that piece of garbage ever again. And here are some more things God says about what people see when they see the world. We read some of these already. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And then elsewhere in the Bible, he says that God's nature and power have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. So if, God's, if people see evidence of God by seeing creation, and this is where it gets not trivial, then in a roundabout way, by simply picking up one piece of trash, you're enabling people now and in the future to see the evidence of God in his creation just a little bit better. Now, I I have asked you twice already, I think, to pretend that we live in a vacuum because I know that this is a supercharged topic because politics supercharge everything, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to exist in a vacuum between us and God. So this has nothing to do with anything, any government, or any rules, or anything. It just has to do with being what God called you to be. To be a manager of everything He's given you. And remember the best news. For whenever I'm not, whether that's managing my family, or managing a church, or managing the creation, or managing my time, whenever I'm a bad manager, Jesus has already taken out all the garbage of my guilt. I'll say it again. I said it before. It's not in the corner. It's not even sitting in the dumpster. Your guilt is all gone because Jesus is, is the garbage man who doesn't just take it away and put it in a landfill. He's the garbage man who has cleaned up every piece of trash in every part of your life, all the guilt. And he's not just put them in a different place. He has made it go all the way. And so you can look forward to even beyond death because this world is headed to decay and so are we. But you can look beyond because God promises a new heaven and a new earth to everyone who has faith in Jesus as their savior from sin. So Jesus, the one who, through whom the world was created, he gave the instructions to humans, rule the earth and subdue it. He was willing to come here and be ruled and be subdued even by death so that you wouldn't be. That even though we'll all die someday, you can look forward to the new heavens and the new earth. So ask yourself every day, just between you and God, forget everything else, how can I be the best manager of his creation that I can be? God give us all strength to do that as we're able. Amen.